with buying the next best thing. And they couldn't understand that. They were like, but if something works, why do you have to renew it? <laughs> well, our grandparents used to think that way. <laughs> we don't think that way, but our grandparents sure thought that way. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. Now, let's start crossing it off together. Where do you find inspiration for your items that you put on your bucket list? Was it someone you talked to? Something you found on social media? a friend, a movie, a television show. Lots of the items I put on my list come from these and many other different types of inputs. Today's bucket list storyteller found inspiration for her adventure in watching a TV show, and it paid off for her. Let's learn how and start crossing it off now. I'd like to introduce my guest today. Her name is Melanie Whitaker, and she describes herself as bubbly, fun, sassy, and independent. Melanie, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. For sure. Tell our listeners, what did you cross off your bucket list? I took a trip to the Cook Islands in the South Pacific. Okay. So for people that aren't maybe aware of the Cook Islands, it's not, people have probably heard of it, but they don't maybe know any history or anything. What was some of the history behind the Cook Islands? Well, you know, the re- it, it, it's just paradise. It's absolute paradise. And The one thing that really stuck in my mind, because there are so many islands in the South Pacific. Sure. The one thing you learn, when I did a little bit of research before I got there, and then obviously when I got there, it stood out, is they're known for being so friendly. Uh Like ultra friendly. And they're known out of all the islands to, they're the ones that love to dance the most. So they're really friendly. They're all about dancing. And it's exactly how you imagine paradise to be. It sounds like it's very enticing. But for you specifically, what was something that made you say, was the, I'm going to cross this off my bucket list? Was there something you saw, something you read? What was it that kind of drove (laughs) you to go there? I think we can all relate to this if we come from a climate that doesn't have good weather. So I'm from England, so we all know how that goes. And I was sat at home one Sunday afternoon watching the rain come down on my window. And we we don't have it anymore, but back then we had this show called Shipwrecked. I think you do a show called Castaway in America. And it's where there's two islands in the South Pacific and they make this show out of it and they send people out there and they have to fend for themselves and they have to decide which island they're going to live on kind of thing. And I just loved watching the show. And there was this one Sunday I was watching it, the rain's lashing down and I'm looking at paradise and I'm like, what I would do to be there. And as soon as I heard myself say it, I was like, well, I I can be. There's nothing stopping me. Like, I wasn't have. There was nothing tying me down. I didn't mm-hmm. have a mortgage. Didn't have kids. There was nothing keeping me there at all. So I was like, I'm gonna research this. And so that's what made me do it. 
Awesome. So inside that research, was that part of the planning for the trip or was that those two separate things? Like, did you come to a point in your research and say, okay, I'm doing it now. I need to like execute a plan. What did that look like for you? I, at the time was working in London and I worked for investment banking. I was at a bank. And so my job was to book travel for bankers all around the world. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to phone my travel department tomorrow and find out how I get there. And so the guy said to me, you can only get to the South Pacific via two ways. So you either go via LA or via New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Then he was like, go home, think about which way you want to go and work it out from that. And so he then was saying, you could actually do a around the world trip. Because I was like, well, what's the cost there and back return. And he said, in all fairness, I think you'd be better off getting around the world ticket because, well, what are you going to pay for that? You might as well see a few other places. And so it ended up being around the world trip. <laughs> but it was just, I'm so glad that I did it because the being there and just seeing how they live, You know, like what you were saying about culture, one of your questions then was culture. When there isn't a set age on it, but you know, like how we're here in the Western world, we view uh, teenagers once once they hit 18 or 21, they're now an adult. Right. And so there's no set age, but out there, when you're born there, there comes an age where your family give you a piece of land of the island Hmm. and it's yours. And you can do anything with it. You can build a house. You can have a business on it. You can do whatever you want with it. And to me, oh, my God, when I was told that, I was like, oh, how amazing is that? Mm. To be given a piece of paradise when you hit a certain age of being an adult, like, that's so cool. (laughs) Very, very different than the Western culture, for sure. What was the reaction of your family and friends when you said, hey, I'm going to Cook Islands? Was this a solo trip for you? Yeah, it was. I went on my okay. own. So how did they um, respond to that? A lot of people were like, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> and then some people were like, why do you want to go there? Like, why can't you just do Spain like everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> like, why have you got to do the Cook Islands? Um, they, they were curious, really, I would say. Curious. Like, they wanted to know where it was. And then when they found out where it was, they were like, okay, well, it sounds like paradise. but..." We don't know why you want to go there. They just feel it as a bit odd, really, because it's not normal. Like right. if someone says, hey, I'm going on holiday, that's the last thing you expect to come out of their mouth. So they're curious. Well, that's good that they weren't uh, detrimental to your planning or trying to tell you not to do it. That's <laughs> good to have positive people around you. When you got there, right, you finally get there. It sounds like it took a long time <laughs> to fly from England, it sounds like. What were you thinking in your head as the plane was landing? And what, what were some of the expectations you had for actually being there? I was excited because I'd been seeing the Cook Islands so much on this TV show that I was just eager to see it with my own eyes. And I I know when I used to watch it on the TV and, you know, technology has advanced even more than what it was back then. But we all know that TV messes around with filters and, sure. you know, they use so many different things to maybe make it look better than what it is. 
And I remember there was one trip I did and they actually take you so you can see the two islands where they film. You don't actually get to go onto the islands, right. but you're allowed. If they're filming, you're not even allowed to get that close. But we did because they weren't filming. And I remember sitting in this boat looking at it and thinking, oh, my God, they didn't mess with <laughs> the technology at all. They just hit record. And it was it was jaw-droppingly beautiful. It was just, I've never, ever seen anything as beautiful as the Cook Islands. It's, it's perfection. Yeah, so how long were you there and... Give us a couple of things that you did that you I like, was, were really special to you. Um, I was on the island two weeks. I would say what I thought was really nice is just down the road from me, which is like, it'd be like, I don't know what you call it in America, but in England, we would call it like the corner shop where you can mm-hmm. just go and get your odd groceries and things like that. And it was so funny because this place was like a hut. How you expect in paradise. It was just a hut, but it was a shop. And I used to go in there a lot and get my things from there, my food and my beer and things like that. And I'd got chatting to the girl who served me. And I said, hey, do you ever, do you ever get a day off? And she was like, yeah, yeah, such a day off. And I said, well, if you haven't got any plans, why don't you come and ha- hang out with me? I haven't got a pool, but it was like a little bit of a like hot tub kind of thing. And I said, hey, come around, we'll have a laugh if you like. So she did. And to me, that was nothing. Like, I'm on holiday. Yeah, shooting the breeze. Like I don't care. I'm chilled, especially when you've come from a city like living in London. You're just so mellow, and I didn't have any expectation of that, except mm. someone might come down and have a drink with me. That was it. And she wanted to return the favor, and so she was like, "Oh, I want you to now come out on the Friday or the Saturday night." She introduced me to all her friends. And when it was coming, and I went out quite a few times with them. And as it was winding down to me leaving, they said, oh, you're going to have a leaving party. (laughs) And I was like, no, (laughs) just going to go on to the next place. And they're like, no, 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 you have to have a leaving party. And every single one of them bought me a present that was so touching because they'd all listened to things that I really liked and they'd gone and bought those things. And to me, I started to cry. I was like, we don't do this in England. Like people come and go from your life all the time. And even though you might make friends with somebody, you wouldn't rush out and buy the things that you guys have bought me. Mm -hmm. You might get them a box of chocolates or, you know, a (laughs) bottle of wine and that'd be that. But You've all listened to what I've said. You've all paid attention and you've gone and got those things because you know they mean the world to me. And that's everything to me. Like, I, I'm i not used to that. Like, no. And they were like, but that's normal. And I was like, not where I'm from, it's not. <laughs> so again, it's a cultural thing, isn't it? That's amazing. I love that people need to be more open to experiencing other people, not just stuff and things. Yeah. And- world you know world heritage sites but you know people are you opening yourself up to people when you travel so that's awesome was there another story that was you know one thing that you really enjoyed that you did while you were there 
Here at the Crossing It Off Podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. Well, what I touched on earlier, just when I got to go and see these two islands where they film, I mean, I wasn't actually on the islands, but they take you as close as they can take you. Oh, it was just, you're in like, you're in this bay of water and they have what's known as a sandbank. Mm-hmm. So it's where like the water subsides a little bit and it's like a strip of sand that you can walk along the side of this sand is, is water and it's just stunning like you can see so clearly through the water just perfection absolute perfection so i have a similar experience from my bucket list but it's from your neck of the woods so last year i was in london for four days and i spent a whole day Traveling around, finding Ted Lasso filming sites all around Richmond and uh, the other places where the stadiums are and yeah. stuff. And I had, I I, yeah, I got next to the practice pitch where they practice where the offices are in the show, and I, I just you could see it on my face. I, I my face hurt. I was you know beaming from ear to ear, and I was just like, man, this is the best. So I I get that being motivated by. By a TV show, I understand that for sure. So, Melanie, what was something that you experienced while you were on the Cook Islands that you wouldn't experience in your normal day-to-day in London? <laughs> you definitely wouldn't experience this. I saw chickens walking around everywhere. You could be walking down a road, along comes a chicken. You could be on the beach, along comes a chicken. And the weird thing is, the dogs live and let live. Like when a dog sees one, it doesn't try to chase it and eat it. Like it's accepting that this chicken has the right to live like it has the right to live. It's just very weird and bizarre, but yeah. cool at the same time. <laughs> well, I'm sure the I'm sure the dogs grow up seeing them all over the place. So they're they're no surprise. Uh, my dog would not do that. My dog would uh chase everyone that, that she saw. So that's a yeah. that's cool that they do that. Anything else? I thought this was really sweet. Like, I don't drive, so I had to rely on public transport. And because the island is so tiny, they only have two buses. And one bus is called Clockwise, and the other (laughs) bus is called Anti-Clockwise. They actually don't give them numbers. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a lot different than the tube in London. That's for sure. It's hard to get lost (laughs) on that. (laughs) Melanie, if... You look back on it. What's something that like changed you personally from doing that trip? What is something that you walked away from it being a different person or having a little more understanding about yourself from crossing that off your bucket list? We always know in Western culture that we are being bombarded by consumerism. We know this. Mm-hmm. And when I was out there, none of that mattered it just didn't matter, you know, and I remember, it's funny now you say this because I was living in London at the time and all these people I'd become friendly with, 
I get it. The grass is always greener. And they were like, oh, what's London like? And they were asking me loads of questions and filling them in. And I knew they weren't quite getting it. And I get that. Why would they? They're not from there. They don't understand. And there was one girl sat opposite me and she had a phone. And by our standards, we would have laughed at that. And I could see they weren't quite getting it. So I said to this girl, I said, you see your phone? And she went, yeah. And she was she was like the feisty one of the group. <laughs> and I did it more than anything. And I went, well, that phone would get laughed at where I'm from. And she was like, well, why would anyone laugh at a phone? Like, it works. If you want to call someone, you can hear them. You can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you want to send a text, it works. Like, why would someone laugh at that? And I was like, because it's it's big and it looks old and there's always a new model coming out in our culture, so you never catch up. So what's what's current now, six months later, will be void, and then someone's jumping on the next bandwagon. And I said, but that's just a phone. You can say that about anything in the Western world, whether it be a car, a stereo, your house, uh, bars that you go and hang out in, the clothes you wear. And they were, like, looking at me like, do people really live like this? <laughs> yes, and I was like, do. yeah, like we are bombarded with buying the next best thing. And they couldn't understand that. They were like, but if something works, why do you have to renew it? <laughs> well, our grandparents used to think that yeah. way. <laughs> we don't think that way, but our grandparents sure thought that way. And things were made to last too. I don't want to get off on a huge exactly. tangent, but you know, I mean, I just had to go out and buy a new computer today because the one that's, you know, 18 months old isn't cutting it anymore. So it's just like, oh my gosh, built-in obsolescence. So I get that. And I've experienced that to myself. I, when I got to London during my trip, I had been in very small cities in, in Italy. And so I would walk everywhere and, you know, there wasn't a lot of traffic. And then when I got into the UK, I was like, oh, wait, ooh, there's a lot of cars here. There's a lot of cars. Oh, yeah, this is what it's going to be like when I go back to home. You know, it's just like it was you know, definitely some inbound culture shock getting back to, yeah. you know, not everybody rides a moped and walks everywhere. <laughs> um, so I've, I have experienced that myself. So, Melanie, what is something that you are looking forward to crossing off your bucket list? I haven't really given that a lot of thought, you know. Um, I think there are two places actually in the world that really speak to me that I would love to visit. One of them is the Grand Canyon Mm -hmm. and the other one is Arizona. And there's something about those two places that I think would be very special. Is there a specific reason that that makes you think that or is it just... Because Grand Canyon is just epically jaw-droppingly like, wow, that would just to actually stand at the Grand Canyon would be amazing. And I think with Arizona, I know that there are so many energies there. Mm. And, you know, I think you would see things in the sky so vividly. I think there would definitely be some form of connection with Mother Earth being in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, America is a grand place for all her faults she she does have a lot of beauty and a lot of different diverse beauty uh, which is amazing thing for us to be able to live here and be able to cross borders of states and not have to worry about showing your 
driver's license or your passport. So uh, yeah. there's, it's amazing how many people don't take advantage of what is here in the United States. The average American in their lifetime only visits 12 states out of the 50. Wow. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. And it's that thing. That's it's the same insane. thing. Like, yeah. Like you, you live someplace and you get accustomed to like, oh, this is just the way it is. It's no big deal. But when you're from outside that place, like you're saying, like how many great opportunities we have just here in the United States. I'm up, I'm up to 48. So I got two left. Um, oh. and done, so, but it's very, very rare. Uh, my partner, I think, has. Yeah. I think my partner has close to twenty-five or something. She's about halfway through, but you know, it's not common. It's just really not common. No. So that's crazy. Yeah, we you know, I'll need to take advantage of where we're at for sure. Uh, Melanie, thank you for being here. Where can folks find you online? Um, I've got a website which is youareyourmarketing uh, dot com. Mm-hmm. Because I basically help women with their marketing and PR. And then if they want to find me on Facebook, I've got a Facebook business page, which is, again, You Are Your Marketing. And if they want to find me on Instagram, same again, You Are Your Marketing on Instagram. I like to keep it all the same. Awesome. Uh, We will put all those links in the show notes so they're clickable so people can grab them. We'll also put in some uh, web information about Cook Islands for people to to look for that. Melanie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for uh, telling us about your journey and how it affected you. And I wish you all the luck. If you come to the States, let me know. I've, I've got friends in Arizona. So, uh, oh, thank can, you. That would be cool. Happen. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you.